What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, baby. Hey, my love. Uh, ready to talk about some sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I discovered I like, today? I like that I song. A, <laughs> I, made a, I, made a, I made a voice recording today that I was like, I was just like, I have to get this out of my head. I have to re- remember this. And it is my advice for getting out of a bad mood. Can you fucking, can you please share that with me right now? Because I need that. Yeah. I need that. This is what you do. I need that. This is what you do. You get up somewhere where you have enough space to walk in a small circle. And you you just let your feet come down really heavy on the floor. Can you you hear that? The kind of stomping that adults shouldn't do. It's not polite. 
and just stomp around in a small circle like a like you're a seven year old having a temper tantrum mm-hmm. and and sing sing the words I am in a great mood in the funniest voice that you can imagine. Um, and after you walk in a few circles, just singing that at the top of your lungs, it's inevitable that you're going to feel kind of <laughs> happy afterwards. Well, I'll give that a try. I am in a good mood. I am in a good mood. I am in a good mood. Okay. Like that. I'll try that after this recording then. Yeah, and just... Fling your arms around like this, like you're doing the YMCA song. Yeah. Yeah. Shake it off, baby. Just shake it off. Yeah, okay. You going through a hard time? Yeah, you know, we kind of, we started touching on it last week, and it it just, it just spiraled out of control. Yeah. You know, I just, it really, like... It's really hitting me. I'll say this. I vented about it last week on the episode about, you know, the fears and challenges of like, of just realizing that I'm just not going to have like a normal life this summer or at least feeling that way. And, um, and like, you know, projecting that to some degree and putting that out there. And I just got caught up in that, in that mindset and, uh, and I recognize that I've gotten caught up in it and I'm trying to like, I really am trying to like, let it go this week. Um, it's today's Tuesday. So Monday, like when I woke up yesterday, I was like, nope, not this week. Like no longer this week. We got to let this go. And, and today I'm feeling a little better today, but I want to say I had some people reach out. So let me run this by you. Let me, so first of all, first of all, I just have to, last week I was like, I was all fucking sad because I was like, I'm never going to have sex again. Like, like just a fucking sad man, baby. And, and just like, you know, feeling as though like, I'm just never going to be, I'm just never, I'm just never going to have sex again. And so, and, and, and that makes me sad. And cause that's, uh, I want just like most people in the world, I want to have intimate relations with other humans. And it's really, and, and, and boy, oh boy, am I ever learning how, how deeply we crave that after going so long without it. And after going so long without it and being told you can't, like, it's not allowed. You know? It's one thing to, like, not have it on your own, by your own volition, but to be basically told you can't. So I was voicing this last week and some people, I had actually had a number of people actually like reach out to be like, just to like send some like words of encouragement, which is actually really sweet and really kind. And thank you everyone who did that. But, (laughs) but I had a past partner (laughs) reach out and said, uh, you should figure out some sort of glory hole situation for the summer. And I was like, that is brilliant. So if I was going to set up a, a summer glory hole, where's the best place do you think I should do that, Brad? In the shed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just have to figure out which side of the shed you want to be on. <laughs> yeah, because there's one side that goes like literally directly into our neighbor's lawn. So, so that, would, that would pose a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the shed. That's a good idea. The shed. 
Nice I mean, there is the cat door at the, at, <laughs> you know, you just put another hole in the basement door, but then there's Rob, the downstairs tenant, so yeah, he might not like that. Yeah, that doesn't work either. But no, yeah. it's going to have to be a door to the outside. Yes. From inside to outside. From inside to outside, some sort of, I yeah. mean, the back door seems <laughs> the most fitting. Yeah, maybe we can make like a plexiglass glory hole setup. That'd be kind of fun, because then I can, you know, I can, I can see how much fun I'm having. Um. No, you would need a mirror if you wanted to see how much fun you were having. If you put a ple- okay, you- all right, all right, all right. <laughs> if you put plexiglass, you might not. It might not. It might turn you off because you know when you like someone puts their their like face up against the glass and like they just mm-hmm. look all sort of um, mashed up, like bloated and ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. have you ever seen an ass pushed up against glass or like or or like tits pushed up against glass? Oh, I see. That's yeah. really hot. So you're you're thinking That's of really backing a pussy up to that glory hall. Yeah, what the fuck do you think I was thinking about? I mean, that's one. That's one of several. One of several things. I, I'm sh- mouths, only, pussies, butts. I was only. I was only picturing. Um, I was only picturing. Uh, like hand jobs and blowjobs for some reason. But no, um, yeah, no. I'm talking about like full service glory hall. Okay, interesting. Why don't you just get a, a like a full zip up hazmat suit with just a glory so, hole built into it. Yeah. So so here's the other thing that I wanted to touch on, which was which is this. Uh, um uh I that idea is very fun and it, I I had a good chuckle this morning like just just thinking about all the places that I could like set up my like glory hole and and just like you know, like if anyone wants to sign up on the sun, sun like like Brian's Wednesday morning workouts down at the Wave on on the waterfront in Halifax, it's like Jeremy's like Saturday morning Suck sesh at the at the glory hole down by the waterfront. Um, you will be protected by a plexi by all, <laughs> yeah, 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 plexiglass. Yeah. Um, but somebody else, somebody else, uh, actually, someone from from Salt Spring Island, a little a little beautiful little island that we we used to live on, um, was very very kind, very sweet, and reached out and and they they had said something that I actually so the reason why I want to broach this with you just to get your thoughts on this. Okay, but also I'm doing this for like any of our chronic ill listeners out there who are like kind of sharing the same in the same boat as me right now of like this and that boat being like the unknown of when we can like come back to some sort of normalcy within society and within our own like sexual well, like sexual sex life and, you know, in real life, uh, just not not just through a screen. And so. Some the, this person from Salt Spring had mentioned like why don't why don't you treat it like you know treat it like you would treat talking to a partner about their like about STI checks and and it got me think and and I don't know what the answer is here I don't know what like what professional like medical professionals would be saying so you know just just go on this like sort of like thought experiment with me for a minute. But what do you think if I, what do you, what if, what do, do you think that would be a possibility for me to be like, you know, to have like a, an honest and frank conversation with like a potential partner and be, and say, who's in your, okay. Like who's in your bubble? What kind of like social distancing practices have you had in, in the past two weeks? How many people have you interacted with? Who are those people? Where are they coming from? Like, have you been tested for COVID? Because I know that in some places like Ontario right now, they're opening up testing to anybody and everyone, mm-hmm. right? So like, what if that was the case here in Halifax where it's like anyone can get tested and I was talking to someone and made it like a requisite of like, listen, I would love to go on a date with you, but I, I 
I can't unless you get tested for COVID. Like, yeah, is that is that crazy? Is that a crazy thing to think? Or no, no, I don't think so. I think there's some, there's probably some, some hope there for you, babe. I think it's like, you know, there are tests that that can be done here on Prince Edward Island that you get results back within a couple of hours, and it, it they're not like handing those out left, right, and center, but. They Yet. are in some places. Yeah. I heard them on the radio talking about how, mm-hmm. like, you know, pre-whatever phase this place was in, before that particular phase opened up, they are like, got tested right before, and then went to the beach, and then got tested right after. And I was like, wow, that seems... You just carry them around with you, probably, in your pocket one day. But yeah, yeah, probably at some point. I think that's a very, val- a very val- valid possibility. In the very least, that idea or that concept that was was brought to me by this this listener well like it did give me a bit of like it gave me a bit of hope it gave me like a sense of hope of like oh yeah right like not it's not all fucking gloom and doom and like there's there's got like we said last week like there's got to be a better way and like maybe this is a better way you know maybe this is an answer to that i don't know I but think, like who who also sorry to cut you up but who like who do I ask about that? You know like who's the who's the everyone. Yeah. CF yeah. clinic? Yeah. The sexual health center? Mhm. Um like our family doctor, yeah. Family doctor. Lot, there's lots of people. Yeah, our family doctor would be a great resource. There's lots of people out there. Yeah. Who are able to answer those questions. You just got to ask them. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, and and let's put this out to, there to our listeners. If there's anyone in the 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 world of the you know the the world of of sexual health, med- I mean, just overall medical health, what are your thoughts on that? You know, because the th- the thing too is like on top of on top of my base desire and need for intimacy, I'm also battling with this very real and very like like staunch stance on not fucking with the system that we are trying to put in place here. You know, it's like the, this past weekend, like all the, all the photos that came out from Trinity Bellwoods park, like, man, that shit really, really bummed me out. It really hurt me because there's all these people who are like working the front lines in health or in Toronto and and all these people that decide to go out like that one day is such a fucking huge slap in the face. And this is, I'm, look, I also want to say I'm not, this is not to shit on those people that made that decision that, that, that day. Although I do think that if you were there that day, you might want to reconsider your actions. This is also a fucking city problem. Like Tor- Toronto didn't do much to, to avoid that scenario, that situation, right? There's a lot that the city needs to fucking step up and do to to ensure that those types of situations don't happen and i hope we do the same thing here in halifax um but again like i i don't want to i don't want to as much as i don't want to put myself at risk i don't want to put anybody else at risk either i want to i want to be safe about all of this i want to be smart about all of this but at the same time i'm like i'm fucking dying over here yeah we had a conversation just now that listeners will hear in a couple of weeks or so that left me, it was the conversation with um, uh, Andrea Barica uh, from who, the founder of O School. And she 
she said that she said this phrase, you know, she's a tech sort of innovator and she used this phrase um, like investing, investing in a future or that like I can get behind or something like that. And it's kind of in line with a lot of the same other messages that you know I've been reading in Untamed and reading in other places, which is just like, especially right now. Mm it could be anything and there's so many things that like there's so many possibilities that could be scary or you know one way but then really what's going to influence what actually happens is the future we decide to move towards so if you know it's like it might be a helpful way it's helped me quite a bit in the last number of weeks to go when I'm feeling like, oh God, like what's it going to be like to be like, it can be whatever I imagine it to be. And, um, it's usually a helpful tool to switch me out of feeling like afraid, um, and more into a place of being, of like empowered. Be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to decide what I, what I believe is possible. And then, and then, my decisions and how I mm-hmm. spend my money and how I spend my time, you know, what you want to hope is that it'll be in alignment with that future that you're, you're envisioning. So you'll, you'll find the people basically who are going to tell you what you want to hear, which is that, yeah, it is going to be possible. Yeah. For you. Yeah. 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 And I guess we're, we're just, we're just at a point right now where there's, they're just, there's a lot of unknowns and, it's just a matter of like forging through to like find the answers to those things, you know, like, cause I, you know, I had a, I had a date, I had a, I had like an online like FaceTime date this, this like a couple days ago and like it went, it went fucking like really well. And, and while I'm talking to this person who has been basically self-isolated like with their parents in like the most fucking remote area possible, and hasn't seen anyone from the outside world. In my mind, I'm like, why? Why can't you just come fucking come over here? Like, why can't? That seems what, fine to me. You know, um, that seems fine to me. I mean, the the just have to like it's the thing. It's like, well, did she go to the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Did her parent go to the grocery store? Could mm-hmm. they have like? But that's kind of I don't. I don't know if that's like the highest risk of spread either. Like mm-hmm. it seems pretty like. You know, when this all started, we were like people being shown videos on how to wash our groceries, and now they're like, "Eh, not really likely that you're going to bring it into your house on the groceries." Oh, are they say is that is that the words out on that? Is that what yeah. they're saying? Because I'm still yeah. fucking wiping down everything that comes in here. They're they're saying you don't you don't have to do that. Well, I'll just keep doing it just for my own my just own just for uh, your own entertainment. Sanity. Fill your yeah. time. Yeah, fill my time. I got I need something to do. So, um, cool. All right. Well, I'm glad I got to like hash out a little bit of that with you. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, do you want to hit a brain boner? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Alrighty. This brain boner came in um, May 7th. So um, a dear fan who would prefer not to have their name used uh, writes uh, for Just want to start off by saying I love the podcast. I've been following since day one. I appreciate your open dialogue and always finish an episode with new perspectives and knowledge. That being said, I have a question of my own. 
This one is a little time sensitive as it has been weighing on me for the past month. How do I tell my current partner I used to be a sex worker? I already know the key is open dialogue and transparency, but there's a part of me that fears revealing this baggage. Although my experience in the field was brief and is many years in the past, I feel an obligation to be honest. Our relationship is quite new, but unique in the sense that we met traveling a few months ago. I came to stay with him here in Chile while we wait out the pandemic and quarantine together. Isolation makes bringing things up a little more vulnerable at this time. Not that I can assume his reaction will be poor, but that I don't really, but that I really don't know where he will stand. Also, with no way to have space, I'm worried the situation will not go as well. He is a very understanding and open person. I don't want to harbor these guilty feelings of secrecy any longer. It's taking up too much of my thoughts and energy and becoming a little overwhelming. I put myself in quite the situation, stranded in this faraway country, but I care for him so deeply. I just want to make the best of this coming out situation. Anyways, thanks for reading. Wondering if you have any advice or comments to my predicament. Well, um... You know, like I, I think you answered the. I think you answered yourself in this in this email. You know, you said that you know that it comes down to transparency and clear communication. You said that your partner that you're with is like very understanding. So you're 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 kind of already set up for success. I think the in terms of like how do you bring it up or how do you broach that. Um, is really like, and again, like we've talked about this a thousand times, but like, there's always the, there's always that the route that I find always very helpful in those types of scenarios where you have something that you want to get off your chest, but you know, could potentially lead to a space that might, that might cultivate tension or discomfort within the conversation is by prefacing that entire thing with like, listen, I have something that is very hard for me to say and I need for you to hear me and and like, you know, can we come into this like without reaction? And if we need to take space, let's take space. Or, you know, whatever, whatever that, whatever that like preface looks like for you. Um, but then there's also, you know, there's also, you could maybe it doesn't have to be so serious. Like maybe, maybe there can be more, a more light kind of fucking fun tone about it. Like, you know, as you were reading that Brady, I was just thinking like how, like, I don't know. I don't know what her partner is like, but is he the type of partner that would, that would, um, that would react positively to this person saying, Hey, uh, let's play a game. Let's reveal something to one another about our past that we typically wouldn't reveal to many people. Like let's let's share a secret. I'll tell you one, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours, kind of thing. And and just like play it, you know, like turn it into something that's a little bit more playful and and nonchalant. Because like also, you were a sex worker. Fucking who cares? Big deal. Like you didn't you didn't murder someone. You know, like you're not, you're not, you're not about to reveal to your partner that, um, that you, you committed some fucking crime. You, you were in the, you worked as a sex worker. It's, there's no time in, in history, I think, 
better than right now to openly say I was a sex worker, you know, like, especially in the, the time of like, I mean, fuck, we said this in, in a conversation today, like, you know, Beyonce flippantly just like calling out OnlyFans on a, on a, on a feature on a track, you know, it's, 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 it's becoming more normalized. It's becoming more accepted. Um, it's not, it's not this horrifying fucking like shameful, gross thing that, that maybe it was when like, or at least viewed when, when I was a kid, you know, like it's, it, there, there's, we're, we're, we're living within a shift right now in the world of sex work. Mind you, we live in a fucking, a bit of an echo chamber, I guess, hosting yeah. a sex positive, positive podcast. Um, but I like to think that I, I like to think that we are right. So, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your, what's your take on it? Um, well, it's funny. Uh, it, it's funny to read this and I don't know if this is something you would pick up on. Jeremy, tell me if this occurred to you at all, but that might, even though, even though this person sounds, um, like they, that they know this new partner of theirs is a very understanding and open person. My, my first kind of instinct was like, might not be safe. Like, you know, foreign country, uh, woman, uh, confined to a space, unable to escape, telling a new partner something hmm. that could trigger some like big feelings because a lot of people do have really like obviously you and I, Jeremy, were like, "Your sex worker, great, all the power to you, do what you want." Um, hmm. Like, but that's not always a super safe situation. That's the first thing that hmm. like alarm bells go off to me on. Um, but then I don't want to project that. So Right. That's make that is like that I hear you, but that's also making some assumptions that That is that most women have to assume right. are yes. possibilities. A hundred percent. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yes, I agree with you. Um so and I'm looking at this email again and I said, How do I tell my current partner I used to be? A sex worker. There's a part of me that fears revealing this baggage. Although my experience in the field was brief and as many years in the past, I feel an obligation to be honest. I can't tell if you want to tell this person or you just feel like you should tell this person. Mm. Um, you don't have to tell that person. I don't think. I, I think, like you said, it's many years in the past. Um, I don't know if it... You you also did not indicate whether it was a positive experience or whether there's, like, negative stuff that's in that baggage, like you refer to it as baggage. And I, I think it could be really tricky to share something like this with a new partner if you're not feeling like, yeah, I did that and it was, it was a part of my history and it's doesn't right. make me a bad person. And right. You know, if you don't feel good about it, then I don't know that trying to process that with a new partner is necessarily a great idea. Right. Um, 
And I know that this pandemic and the lockdown is like changing everything. And there's like a surge of like all self-exploration that's happening. Um, and I don't know necessarily, I think it's a really, it's a really important time to be thinking, like we said, about all the possibilities, about all the potential future, about what's important and our priorities and who we are and all of that. And like, what, what, what service do we have to the world? Um, I just don't know if it's a, if it's necessarily the right time to be like, no, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say it's not the right time to make like big life decisions, but this isn't really about a big life decision. This is still, still like, um, it just, it just sounds to me like there might be some processing to do before you go ahead and share that with a partner because we, I think I also feel that obligation to be honest, which often means Mm. I over, I overshare and I'm not like, ashamed of myself for doing that but what ends up happening is someone else reacts and it colors the way that I feel about my own experience like if I'm in a sort of a vulnerable place with what I'm sharing and someone gives me some feedback or says something and I don't it doesn't feel good whether it's true or not it doesn't really matter it's just not a helpful thing for me at that particular place and dealing with it like I share not because I want feedback. I share because I want someone to hear me and hold that space for me. And if you are sharing, if you, if you're sharing, um, with an expectation that it's going to be received in that way, it might be really disappointing. Um, yeah. 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 Good points. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's also, there's something to be said too, for like the fact that, having having a privacy like having privacy in your own life even within your own relationships is totally valid and and really important you know um it would be different if you were saying you are currently a sex worker because (laughs) that that would be yeah that that would be a (laughs) that would be that wouldn't be okay to to hold that from I don't think so. I, for I health that, reasons. Yeah, yeah, for, exactly. For, purely for, for health yeah, and responsibility yeah. reasons. But yeah. again, many years in the past, like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, if you have an SDI or something that you accrued through that or experience, um, which like has equal chance of happening whether you're a sex worker or not, if you have a if you have an SDI from a past sexual experience, you can share that without having to be like. You know, here and I are, got it. Yeah, and I was paid details. to get it. You mm. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good take, Bride. That's. Uh, I didn't think about those those things. You're. That's very, very. Um, you're great. Thanks, baby. You're great too. Uh, you know who else is great is our guest today. Um, <clears throat> I. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is with us like in the last couple of weeks booking guests that I just can't like fucking form a sentence together with because I'm just so so smitten and like you know you don't have to you don't have to prologue your the episode with I, that. I think you did a great job I, I think I, you did look, I look, know I know when I, my tongue is tied when my tongue is tied around someone that I just think is the bee's knees. I know exactly, but you, you don't, you, you're a professional. 
You did a great job. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, she's a special. She's a special. Uh, she's, she's a special. A, yeah. Force Nicole, of nature. Nicole, Nicole Hodges, uh, our guest today. She, she's a past guest. We've had her on before. She is the uh, creator of Girls Who Say Fuck. Uh, she has a new book that has just come out called Oh, The Places You'll Go, Oh, Oh. Um, one, of our, one of our favorite past guests and, um, you know, just, just all around lovely human. Uh, we talk about her book. We talk about psychedelics. We talk about uh, all things transcendental orgasms. We it's it's just a fucking wonderful conversation, and uh, I just feel so grateful to have met uh, someone like Nicole and to have the opportunity to talk to someone like Nicole because um, these are the types of conversations I feel that just like that just give me space and room to to potentially be a better person. And, and this is one of those conversations that, uh, that I think will do that for, for myself selfishly, but I think also for a lot of our listeners. So, uh, we hope you enjoy our conversation with Nicole and, um, and just a heads up the next couple of weeks, we've got some fucking banger episodes. We're like, we're just coming at you with the hits. I'm really excited. So we alternate being tongue tied with guests as well. So you'll, yeah, never, yeah, you'll yeah. only either hear one of us blather on. That's right. Um, at a time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so enjoy this, and we love you all so much. Uh, thank you for tuning in week by week, even during the the weird times that we were in. It means the thank world to you, us. Thank you, thank you, patrons, for standing with us and uh, mm-hmm. and we've been on on Patreon two years now and uh, we've had some folks um, right from the beginning and I'd love to acknowledge them at the start of our next episode. Okay, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. One hundred percent. Okay, hope you enjoy it, folks, and we will uh, we'll see you all on the other side. Well, here we are on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Isn't guys, every day Tuesday? I, I, yeah. <laughs> every day is Tuesday. Every day is Friday. I, it's like it's just all a fucking mess. I don't Blur's know. Blur's day. Blur's yeah. day. Blur's day. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll settle with Blur's day. I like that. Um, and uh, we're back with our friend Nicole. Nicole Hodges, what's up? Yay! Hi, I'm back. Although we're not together this time, but that makes we sense are. because we're responsible. That's right. That is right. <laughs> uh, last time we spoke to you, for so for listeners that uh, that may have missed it, uh, we did a we did a live show in Toronto, and uh, and I actually, you know what? I don't remember much. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't remember much. You were so drunk. I what got, happened? I he- just. Whiskey you drank, yes, whiskey or something. You and and it was like three quarters of the bottle was gone while we were when we were fifteen minutes into the recording. I, look, you know what? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I, 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 I mean, I still to this day, I, and I think I've made it very, very obvious. I have the ma- the biggest crush on you, Nicole, 
And <laughs> and when we started that live show, I was so nervous that I just got fucking wasted. And then and then and then yeah. So that's that was just my life that night. But but what I do what I do remember from that night was that it was um, it was a it hell was of a good time. First of all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> the record be corrected. I remember it was a it was a fucking it was a great recording. It was a great time. We all had fun. But the thing that made it really exciting was um it was the we had talked about um we had talked about oh the places you'll go oh oh which was the the Dr. Seuss inspired uh book that you were in the midst of like putting together. Mm-hmm. Um, that is all about like sexuality and, and, um, uh, pleasure. sexuality for people and pleasure for, for mostly for people with vaginas, uh, mm-hmm. people with vulvas. And, uh, and at that time the book was just kind of like, you know, it was, it was still in the page. works. Yeah. It was just a page and one page with a pterodactyl on it. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. And we read, we read that one page and uh, everyone seemed to you love tried it. to read I, that one page. I, I tried to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. It's all coming back to me now. Jesus yeah. Christ. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, but fast forward to today and I'm holding this book in my fucking hands right now. Yeah. Me too. Isn't this crazy? It's it's weird to touch it. It's weird to you did it. feel something that's out of my brain and now in my hands. And it, it exists. It's real. It is Does the it most different to have created something that's like mm. physical, as you say, than it is to to create, say, like girls who say fuck or this thing that exists mm. in a space. Yeah, like the ethereal versus like the actual like hard good. It 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 does it does feel different because you know what it is? It's it's actually it's an anchor now. So all of these things that I already talk about feel like they finally have like a reference point uh, that people can actually see and touch, and that this is this is kind of a way for them to be a part of it as well. So when I do talk about all these things, like advocating for a world with more pleasure and less shame and this whole idea of like trying to rebrand virginity to sexual debut and you know talking about these this kind of like meandering journey of sexuality how it's never it's never the end it's never too late you can constantly discover yourself when I talk about those things there are words that I can then come back to the book and like point at specific pages and then somebody Mm. can actually go and purchase this and it can be in their house and sitting on their coffee table or on their bookshelf and that will then perpetuate conversations in their lives with people who will then see it and be able to hold it. And it's small enough that you can read it quickly. So where my words can't reach everywhere, this book might instigate conversations because someone might just come across it because it's something that exists in the world mm. as a, as a hard good. So I think that's the difference. So for that's the, for so the cool. people that didn't actually listen to that episode and they're hearing you for the first time now, what is your book? Like what is, what is this this thing that you've created? Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, oh. Yeah. So I think you know you did a pretty good job of explaining it. It's it's a it's a fully illustrated book written in Dr. Seuss style verse called Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, oh. And the mission essentially is to advocate for a world with more pleasure and less shame. I do believe that one of the biggest barriers besides pain to experiencing true transcendent uh, orgasmic bliss, not just through sexual encounters, but in through life in general, is denying ourselves what we find pleasurable. And, you know, it it took two years for me to write this book. 
I had the idea while I was in the midst of an orgasm and it felt like I had reached up into this place and this, this, this idea was waiting for me and I just grabbed it and brought it back down. Uh, and then spent the next two years of my life going on my own journeys that I essentially distilled down into this book. And so it's encouraging people to expand the scope of sex or sexuality beyond just penetration. It's, it's truly looking at how we can live an orgasmic life. Hmm. Which, that. yeah, I think pleasure, pleasure, pleasure is the way. And, and again, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the conversations that have come up. And one of the things that people ask is, you know, like, how, who's this for? Like, what age is it for? And I've had moms reach out and say that they read it to their, their 12 year old daughters. Um, and even younger than that, I've had videos sent to me of, of little girls just holding it. And they're, they're pointing at the photos, but they're seeing, they're seeing these girls empowered. And whether mm. or not they understand the words, there's still enough imagery in here that I hope that they're at least gaining something. Um, and I, I firmly believe that laughter is like smoke that can seep under the doors of closed minds. It's Dude, unintimidating. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. What mm-hmm. do you think in kind of all your conversations and your preparation for ending up exactly who you are right now? Um, what kind of what have you what kind of conversations have you had about why why we deny pleasure or like why like because like sometimes very you know evolved people who like they know this stuff like we know here at like Turn Me On podcast that like we're sex positive and pleasure is important and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't stop me from still getting hung up in my bullshit about like, no, I can't do that right now. Or I want that. I can't have it. Or like wanting to have a life that's more in touch with pleasure. Like I want that. So what, but but like, what are the sort of themes Mm. or, or like underlying beliefs that might be limiting us from embracing it? Well, I think I think there's two things that I've come across predominantly. And over the last month, I've interviewed 20 women about self uh, pleasure as a form of self care. And I think that's an important reframing of this idea of of masturbation, where it's, it's a time waster, or that it it requires somebody else to kind of like, it's it's still like a, a it's still in like, like a self-serving mind. Like why would you touch yourself if somebody else can do it? Or why would you set aside the time to to be alone and and to touch yourself and to bring yourself pleasure. But I come back to the fact that the pivotal moment in my life in this journey was going and looking at my, at my pussy in the mirror. And I cried. I think I, I think I I talked about this last time we were, we were all together, but I realized that I hadn't done that. And that simple act of, of gazing at myself lovingly without judgment transformed how I felt about myself as a being moving through the world and changed how I wanted to be looked at by others. So I think, I think prioritizing self-pleasure and looking at it as a a form of our self-care routines is really important. Getting in touch with yourself. I think the best accessory sex toy we can have is a mirror. And I think that like instigating that connection and that conversation with yourself is also a good way to turn on your intuition I think the other barrier to why we don't experience pleasure or maybe fulfill all our desires or go after exactly what we want or who we are is shame. And I talk about that in the book. I name something called the shaming place full of people just shaming. And Mm. some of the things I list, shaming for the clothes you wear, how you grow your body hair, what's between your legs, saying you'll run out of eggs, 
shaming the things you've tried, ignoring your reasons why, shaming things they see as sin for all the lovers you've let in, like shaming what you think is hot. Everyone's shaming and they shame quite a lot. Shaming because they're scared of sex, shaming because they hate their ex, shaming because they can't admit that on your face they'd like to sit, or shaming's what their parents did, but you don't have to take it, kid. It's like all of these things are forms of shame and they're so insidious and some of them are so minor and some of them are passed down through generations where our parents teach us things that they don't even realize that they're doing that we're then imposed with shame or some of the shame is self-inflicted. I, you know, at 15, I, I looked at my mother and I, she was an angry mercurial woman who seemed so unhappy. And I said, if I do everything the opposite of you, I'll be okay. And for me, that meant cutting out my pleasure because for me, expressing myself as a a sexual woman felt like I'd be losing control (coughs) and women aren't supposed to lose control. Hmm. I wish you always talked in rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a really quirky thing. It would be so fucking crazy. It would Um, be a a, uh, a valuable life pursuit, actually, if if that's just the clown that you presented as in the world. Sorry, sorry. You went on like such a beautiful rant there, and then I and then I just like (laughs) and then I just said something so stupid. But um, coming back to coming back to like how pivotal pivotal of a moment it was for you to like look at your own vagina, look at your own vulva in a mirror, Mm -hmm. and like how that Mm kind of changed your life. there was a one of the things that came so like we received a copy of your book because we backed you on on Kickstarter and it, and Thank you had a you. very successful Kickstarter and and congratulations to that it's very Thank exciting you. raised double raised double over yeah. goal was seven raised uh, between Kickstarter and some private donations just over fourteen which is fucking so exciting Ridiculous. so amazing <laughs> um and and one of the one of the, my you know obviously I was very stoked to get the book but. Along with the book, um, there was a bunch of other like goodies in the in the package, mm-hmm. and one of those things was this this huge but like amazing sticker that is just oh, man. like nice. it is I the so long. it's it's like the female anatomy. It's like a couple of hands like spreading the lips of a uh, of a vulva, and mm-hmm. it gives you like the diagram of like all the little you know anatomical names for what encompasses that area. Um, yeah. and, and I, I was like so stoked about this sticker. I haven't, I haven't stuck it to anything mostly because I also feel like I want to put it on is, the mailbox. Yeah. I was like, maybe this sticker isn't for me to like put on my laptop. Maybe I'll just, maybe, maybe Bridie needs to find a place <laughs> to put this, but is this like, was this a part of, was, is this sticker like a part of that, like where did you get where did you get this? Like where did you come up with the the idea to send this out as well? And like what does that kind of speak to that moment that you saw yourself in a mirror for the first time and sort of so Nikki Peck uh designed that for me. Uh her Instagram handle is bonercandy69. And it's funny because when I decided to set out on this journey of becoming I ask the universe to bring people into my life that would that would help me with that process or be able to adequately allow me to express it. And I came across her Instagram and I was incredibly uncomfortable with the illustrations. I hmm. found they were too raunchy and I, I kind of recoiled from it and I, I resisted it. And I, I asked myself why. So instead of instead of going in the opposite direction, I leaned out to her and I was like, hey, we should work together on something. I don't know what yet, 
but I'm going to want your help eventually. And she was like, absolutely. And then the orgasm book came. And when I host the party in Vancouver after COVID lifts, uh, she'll be part of that as well, selling her art. But her raunchy way of being able to show the female anatomy is something that I wanted to have involved in this because otherwise the the book is really approachable. It's really nice. It's not Mm -hmm. explicit, I would say. But I didn't want to shy away from being explicit as well and being a little raunchier, being a little, I I don't even want to call it dirtier, but I wanted to show the anatomy in a way that was accurate, but not clinical. Mm, So mm -hmm. I enlisted the help of an artist to do that because I think that that's more interesting to look at. And it remains in a way it remains empowering because it, it doesn't take that away from us when we look at ourselves. Um, And then the other sticker that's in there is also another vulva, but it's a little bit more of like this happy illustration. There's like a little heart where the, where the clitoris is and that's fine too. But I wanted to make sure that I was including both perspectives, not to say that uh, we can only talk about our vulvas when they look pretty or when we're using fruit as reference. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a little bit like in your face and powerful. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't stuck them to anything yet. Cause I just, I, I just like them too much. Like I, I, I'm so, I'm so like, once it sticks, it's there for good. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to ruin it. I can send you more. Uh, oh God, please do. Yeah. Um, we're going to need like a hundred of those to yeah. send out to, yeah. to all Pleasure of our advocate. friends and family um, next Valentine's day. Um, I, I, I guess, sorry. Did you have something to add there, Brad? No, I, I kind of wanted. I, I want. I wanted to ask, like, who who else did the universe bring into your sphere when you made that request? Because because mm. you've done some pretty cool things over the last couple of years, and I'd love to hear about more of your sort of collaborations. Uh, well, my my graphic designer Sierra Holmes came into my life. She actually came to a erotic writing workshop that I hosted, which I had no idea what I was doing. And she's watching her evolution uh, is ha- has just been incredible. So we kind of have a, a really symbiotic relationship where we we collided at the same time and have both really helped each other grow. Honestly, if I were to narrow it down, one of the most important people that has come into my life is my current partner. Christopher. Uh, He is a musician. Uh, He was the book's editor. He was able to make sure that my rhymes sounded more musical. Um, And his influence, I got it. I have such a bad joke, but research and development have been (laughs) imperative for the content of the book and the orgasms for science, of course, (laughs) and literature. But he, this person came into my life and they, they, it's, it was so interesting because I felt for the longest time that the person I wanted to be was always a step ahead of the person I currently was. And I never knew what the, what the, if the ground was going to be there when I put my foot down and the universe kept being like, you got to step, you got to step, you got to go. And so I would, and it was scary because it was that moment of suspension. Like, where am I going to land? Where am I going to go? What path am I going to be on? And these people would come into my life and it was almost like they were a reflection of where I wanted to be. And they were able to draw that out of me. And it was incredibly uncomfortable at times, but it again, allowed me to, to be brave. I think that's what bravery is, right? That whole idea that it's not that it's a lack of fear. I'm scared shitless every day. It's that you're, you're afraid or you feel that pull or that resistance and you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that surrounding yourself by people that see the person that you want to be and help lead you there is is in, incredibly important and this book wouldn't have been created had it honestly not been for him because there were moments where i was like who am i to 
do this? Who am I to talk about this? And he kept reminding me that I'm the expert of my own experiences and that I need to do it. And I, I talked about this yesterday in one of these Instagram posts because I've been asked a lot, like, why did you do this? Why are you talking about this? And I keep coming back to the fact that creative ideas are for everyone and the universe favors <laughs> no one. This was created by me, but it could have been created by anybody. But I heard the call and I followed through and it's my responsibility now to do whatever I possibly can to get this out into the world. And when the moments came that I thought I couldn't do it or that I wasn't good enough, I had this person very intimately tell me that I could and they weren't the only one. And eventually over time, I just, I had enough people that, that really believed in me in those moments where I didn't believe in myself and they just, they pushed me to keep going. And none of them, none of them would have come into my life had I not Mm. asked for them, had I not been open to receiving them. Do you, do you subscribe to that? Like that idea that, that, that creativity, like ideas are, are just like these, these, um, invisible fairies intangible yeah like fairies that are floating along this like this this river this current like you know just above our heads and and like we have this ability to kind of like reach up and grab them or sometimes they just they just kind of like fucking knock into the back of our head and it's Mm. you know we 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 either make the choice to like take that thing and 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 like plant it so it can grow and turn into something or like I, 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 I've been thinking about this a lot about mm. over, over the last, and I don't know who's, who fucking said it that made me think about this, this way. It may, it may, maybe like Duncan Trussell or something, but like this, this concept that like, we don't create our idea, like the ideas of things that, that come to be, they already exist. They already mm-hmm. exist somewhere in this like fucking web of, of existence and we, for some, like some of us just have this ability or we all have this ability to, 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 to like, to grasp it and pull it down and then, and then mm. bring it to life. Um, and the reason that like, I, mm. I, I, cause I think about all of the things that I've created as like a creative, all the things that I have like produced and created and put out into the world. I, I think back to like, where did that idea come from? And it's, it's never been something that I've sat down and go, Hmm, I'm going to think of the thing that I want to make. Like it's, it, yeah. it just like, there's like a, it's like you said, you got the idea for the orgasm book in the middle of like orgasmic bliss. It, yeah. <laughs> that's generally when it seems that we have these like ideas to create something in these just weird moments where we go, Holy fuck. I just got hit with this wave of, of, of inspiration to 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 create this thing that yeah seems to have come out of fucking nowhere like yeah and inspire i believe inspire is is to be like 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 spirited right like like to be inspired is to be like consumed or like filled with a spirit uh the the root word of of idea is like to see so all of these mm. words that we have for things encapsulate more than what they actually represent, what they stand for. Mm. And I think I th- there, there's a couple of ways that I've approached this. And one of the things that someone said to me was, what is for you won't go by you. And on the that's surface, cool. I thought, I, but on the surface, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But then I really thought about it and I go, but if you don't have a net to catch the thing that goes, you won't ever get it. 
you don't get to just stand there. I think right. you have to be in a state of like acceptance and you have to be either ready for it. Um, because some, you know, some things pass you by and then they come back around later. And it's like, what lessons did you learn and what, how did you build that net? So the next time it came back around it, what was for you, you didn't it. go by you. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And, and also like to, further to your point about this orgasmic bliss and kind of this idea. Yes. I think that comes down to something like meditation or psychedelic journeys or transcendent orgasms. It's that state of mind where you're kind of part of all things it's like that great nothingness and everythingness Mm. and the way that i kind of describe the feeling of 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 having these orgasms and being able to like go to this place and bring this book down or this idea down and then do the work to actually create it was that i felt like i obliterated into all things and you know we 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 know the french word for orgasm is le petit mort which means the little death mm-hmm. and i think i think again that like ego death through, through psychedelics that feeling of almost dying and floating and becoming part of all things like orgasms can do for us i think that's a meditative state that allows us to tap into that creativity which is which is which is a limitless source that we all have access to mm. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, the source of creativity being married so much with the um, like the transcendent experience that sex can provide is mm-hmm. a connection that like I'm totally I was totally obsessed with and I think because of because of that sort of um, I think I came across that sort of correlation or relationship when I was looking into um, I was working with my acting coach and we were we were talking about um, you know it's funny he's my acting he's my voice and acting coach but he also was a student at the yoga studio that I taught at and so so we had this like you know we 
we have this shared vocabulary, which is mm-hmm. about, you know, movement and about like Jeremy, what you're talking about, like reaching, you know, into the river and like into Ooh. the source. Um, mm. And, and, and he, you know, he would talk a lot about the second chakra, which wasn't a, which wasn't something that it, it kind of, it, it would kind of take me out of the experience a little bit because I can be a bit skeptical of some of, of that kind of uh, those mm. tools just because of how I was brought up in, in the yoga, in, in my yoga upbringing. But now mm. I'm, I fucking use it all the time. Um, because, Are you talking like specifically like, like chakra? Yeah. Like, like yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like second. So my, my coach, this was like, right. This was the same summer. This was, I think the catalyst ultimately for J- Jeremy and I opening our relationship was this mm-hmm. work that we were doing. And, um, he was helping me, you know, he was coaching me over the phone cause he's in Los Angeles and I was, you know, I'd be in my little rehearsal space and he'd be like, what is it with yoga people that just like, they don't want their, there's a little restrained. And that was always a problem for me in, mm-hmm. in theater and in acting and in improv and all of that kind of stuff, you know, it was just like this idea, this framework I'd already been given yoga, which is very sort of, I mean, it's a great practice. I'm not knocking it, but this idea that that things could be just so acting is reacting and yoga is about you know like observing and not Mm -hmm. reacting um and so many other things Um, Uh, also bridey just to like just to, to hop on what you were talking about there um you you're you're specifically talking about jamie who who was on the show yeah who was actually on the show so yeah. and, like if any of that shit like is speaking to you go listen to jamie's episode because it's he's he like talks about it he, yeah he dives so deep into it and he's he really is fucking amazing um 136 episode 136 the thanks, men's babe. work thanks for bringing um, that up yeah yeah but so anyway, sorry is your so to bring it back to what you just said about about those the the the, the kind of relationship between creativity and transcendent sort of orgasms, mm-hmm. um, how did you arrive at that at that relationship? Or um, mm-hmm. yeah, tell me about tell me about the the experience of finding transcendent orgasms because well I yeah we, we all want them we all want them I had to confront that the life I was living wasn't the life that I felt I needed to live. And I came to that conclusion because I felt like I, I use a couple couple different analogies. One is that I felt like for the longest time I was screaming underwater. Another one felt like I had fallen asleep at the wheel of my own life. I've described it like walking through a long hallway without any doors and that I was never going to enter a new room in my consciousness. Hmm. Or that the world just became this sh- this like dull shade of gray, and I was in a seven year relationship. I was on my career path. I, you know, I was working at a big uh, television station as an on air personality. It was like what I had always wanted. I was living in beautiful Vancouver, and I was so fundamentally unhappy. And it was this like deep agitation within me, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And what I actually needed to do was basically like sweep my hand across the table of my life and knock everything to the floor. It wasn't like I could just like pick up little things and discard them and be like, Oh, that's not working. That's not working. It was like, you need to burn your entire life to the ground and you need to start over if you want to go find yourself and committing to that and doing that then 
opened me up to new people that came into my life and that showed me, you know, the way. Um, I, I I dedicate this book to to um, one. I mean, many people. I, I dedicated the book to everyone that contributed to the Kickstarter and you know my parents and whatever, whatever. But Jonas Caruana is actually the man that. Uh, he's not even in the first edition. His name's not even in the first edition because I wasn't even sure if he'd want me to put his name in there because I told him, I was like, I came up with this idea while, while uh, we've been having sex and I'm going to write a book about orgasms. I'm going to dedicate it to you. And if you piss me off, I'm going to put your address in it too. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very private person. And this, the moment that I saw him, something in my body reacted without my mind being able to stop it and it just went I can't go the rest of my life without knowing what it feels like to have sex with that person and then I went Nicole you mustn't think that way Mm. you know I was in a monogamous seven-year relationship I was the television reporter wearing blazers and doing full makeup and hair and that to me represented this like very stringent persona that I was trying to uphold and that girl that girl doesn't just think those thoughts but it was planted, you know, the seed was planted and it, I couldn't get it out of my head. And a moment came where I had to make a choice. And the choice was I can let this pass and I can let this go and I can continue on. It wasn't like there was anything wrong with my life or I make a huge change right now and I see what happens. And mm. the appeal of finding out who I actually was, was worth the risk more so than staying in this comfy life that I was, that I was living because I was so, I was so lacking in something. And yeah, the, one of the tipping points was seeing this man and the book that told me to go look at my pussy in the mirror. And I looked down at her and I could, I could hear her and she was mad. She's like, where the fuck have you been? And from there we started healing our relationship and I had to, I had to heal a lot. I had to, I had to heal things from my childhood and you yeah. created your whole you're creating your whole new existence. Yeah, I say I say that I'm becoming mm-hmm. and coming and coming mm-hmm. and coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like talk about, you know, you said it earlier, but like talk about like not pushing away fear and like and 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 utilizing fear and like and going with that. Uh, even though it's uncomfortable, like I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure what you just said, there's like at least one person listening to this right now going, no, 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 no. I can't that's hear this. Right no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, 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 Exactly. You know, and exactly. And, and Use fear as a compass. That's what and, someone said yeah. to me. And if that is you and you're like, you know, that idea of like etch a sketching your life, like, you know, fuck. Like I, I, yeah. I, I I'm all, I'm, I'm all for, I, I guess I, Okay, I, w- I want to. I want to, because you you you've you've touched on this earlier, and this is something I've always really wanted to like dive into with you, um, and, uh, specifically about your thoughts about um, psychedelics, and like, and mm-hmm. actually, now that we're on we're on the topic of you like shaking that etch a sketch and like fucking you know like swiping the table clear of your life and starting anew, um, which is which like I've heard that story and it's 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 very intense and like, you know, uh, very sounds like it would be a very scary experience. Mm. Um, but obviously it was very fruitful for you. Um, Mm. 
I know that you also are a pretty big advocate for like psychedelic use and mm-hmm. and exploring that side of ourselves to like, you know, like shatter our ego and 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 to to open up our consciousness a little bit more to become a little bit more aware of who we are, who we can be, what mm-hmm. we're capable of. Um was was your have you always been pro psychedelics and like did that play any sort of role in your reset to life or did that come, did that part of you or, or that, that exploration come after the, the sort of swiping the table clear? Mm, Yeah. So the part of, part of that whole package of like looking at my mom at 15 and saying, I'll do everything the opposite of you. I'll be happy was I will, I will graduate from high school and make something of myself. Uh, I will not sleep with more than 10 people in my entire life, which was an arbitrary number I had come up with, you know, for no reason, but that was the number. Sure. And the other one was- Nice round number. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Good little neighborhood. And the, the last one was I won't do drugs at all. And so I actually- swore off that part of me because again anything that made me feel like I was going to lose control over over myself was something I didn't want to go near and I when I left everything and I and I burned everything to the ground and and part of my process was I went to Burning Man you know I uh, I did the thing I came into a group of friends in Toronto and and they welcomed me into their camp and into their lives and they asked me if I wanted to go and I just had this it, w- it was a fuck yes. It was an absolutely, this is what I need to do. It was never something that appealed to me before. And I decided that in that week at Burning Man, I was going to do every single drug I could possibly get my hands on. And I remember that I was I was wearing a giant feathered red heart jacket with this huge crown on my head, dancing on the deck of a submarine in the middle of the desert, uh, high on MDMA. And the sun was rising and I grabbed it and I absorbed it into my ovaries. And I just, I pulled it down and I could feel the sun in me. And I was like, whoa, that's my feminine power. Like, that's it. And it was just this really cool moment. A moment that wouldn't have happened had I not been in that exact situation as it was. And I'm not saying that the the drugs, like, diminish from the fact that it happened but it allowed me to it allowed me to experience something on a deeper level that I don't think I would have yeah because because part of part of doing the drugs is being like whatever happens is okay and Mm. it, it again it changed my idea of positive and negative to positive and necessary so instead of ever looking at something like a like a negative thing, like a bad trip, it's it's a necessary trip. And mm-hmm. so again, be kind of befriending that fear uh, and using it as, as an asset to help guide me rather than something that actually turns me away from the direction that I think I should be heading. Mm. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. It's like, yeah, psych- psychedelics have been it's been an interesting journey for me. It really has. Um, yeah i don't know i feel like i i would need to be asked a specific question about them it's like my brain is tingling with all these little scenarios and and experiences that i've had but yeah 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 and like it i mean i you know it it is i did lay out a very broad sort of question i guess to get more maybe to get more specific um 
uh, like I know that you've you've contributed to actually you actually introduced me to Double Blind, which oh, nice. I'm very I'm very grateful for because I I I love everything that they're doing mm-hmm. um, in the world of like psychedelic advocacy and psychedelic um, education. Um, they're just they're really fucking great. If if you're not familiar, just look them up. Double Blind Magazine. They're 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 doing awesome work. Um, but they they reached out recently, and and I I uh, specifically to talk about uh, no, I reached out to them through a tweet about like talking about the use of psychedelics in in the from the lens of a um, polyamory and how and how that's like opened up a lot of doors for for myself in in terms of like. Um, you know, managing emotions and, and, and jealousy and like getting past my own bullshit and mm-hmm. being a better partner. And so I, I spoke about my experience using um, 5-MeO DMT and how that was like a profound experience on many different levels. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, like a, a whole fucking, a whole level of, of like, of what it means to live and die and, and, you know, afterlife and spirituality and all that shit. But then also on top of that, like a little lower down, um, my, you know, what it means to be in a relationship with somebody else who loves somebody else and, and how to accept that and to, to, you know, wrap your head around your, your partner having multiple partners and, and like, uh, compersion and, Mm. and like all that kind of stuff. And so, it's it played a it played a huge role in my ability to to really lean into what it means to be in a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's not the only thing there were many other aspects that that helped me get there like you know lit- whether that be literature or just conversations with friends or whatever but psychedelics played like such a fucking big role and it it wasn't just that one moment with the 5-MeO DMT like it's like anytime I've ever macrodosed LSD or Mm -hmm. or you know mushrooms like I always come out of that experience late like you know I come out of that experience with this new awakening this like this Mm -hmm. this refreshed sense of of like I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel brand new, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I, again, like the word refresh just keeps coming up um, because you're just like constantly reminded of your bullshit. And so I guess, I guess, I mean, I don't really have a question here. I guess the question would be like, what are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on, on the use of, of psychedelics or or drug use in general uh, in as a as a form of therapy when it comes mm. to like you know uh relationships or i mean whether it's relationships with yourself but also relationships with a partner i mean i think two of my favorite things to write about and to interview people about are psychedelics as it pertains to gender identity uh and sexuality and relationships so again like (laughs) i wrote an article uh for double blind which is wildly inaccurate which was 2020 is the year of psychedelics and threesomes (laughs) 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 not this time (laughs) 
Not this round, folks. No. I'm no. just going to change no. it to 2021. Wrong, and wrong 2020. It. Yeah, wrong 2020. <laughs> wrong 2020. Uh, but one of my favorite things in, in researching that was interviewing couples about uh, polyamory and how they came into that through the use of psychedelics. Uh, and this this woman, uh, Dee Dee Goldplum in New York, talked to me a lot about how psychedelics expand our scope of what it means to love and that you can give love endlessly in the same way that you can receive love endlessly. Mm-hmm. There's no cap to how much love we receive. But as soon as we think about love going outwards, all of a sudden we're like, oh, no, no. We, we have a limited mm. resource of love available to us. But when we talk about receiving love, it's like, oh, it can come from so many different things all the time. And it's just this beautiful, fun parade of love. It's, it's psychedelics shows us our capacity to love as a limitless resource. And I think that's really interesting when it comes to relationships, because I'm definitely not as far in my journey as the two of you, but my partner and I, after being together for a year, have decided to open our relationship. We did it a few months ago and it's been a really wonderful opportunity to communicate about our wants and desires and and what this looks like for us. And psychedelics also played a role in that. Mm. Um, because I was in a, I was in a a psychedelic state when we were at a sex party together and watching him make love to another woman looked like art to me. And I witnessed, and you know, you mentioned compersion, this, this, this idea, this feeling of joy for the joy of someone that you care about, right? Like, like you feel joy knowing that they're happy, Mm. I think is I think is a beautiful thing. And so just like gender, love as a construct, like love as a as a resource that we that we can't give because we'll lose or if 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 we allow someone to go love another person, they might not love us as much. These are these uh, these are ideas that I think psychedelics kind of help us um break out of or at least right. or at least pick apart or at least analyze like why why it is that we feel that way and and it's not for everyone right like some people mm-hmm. will do psychedelics and and still they'll say no I'm I'm a monogamous person like this is what I need in my life and it doesn't really matter how much they feel they'll come out of it and maybe the integration just isn't something that they want to go through or it mm. doesn't make sense for them and that's fine but I think the fact that we have this thing that's available to us that allows us to to see ourselves all as I don't want to say as one, but that we have the capacity to feel greatly for many people, perhaps all of humanity. Do you th- do you think that's a result of of the the like the process of ego death that oftentimes comes with the use of psychedelics? Like, do you do well, you yeah, think that do, do you think that it's just like like that ego death then allows us to 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 no longer see you know, our ability to only give so much like, like, does that, is, is that a direct result of the ego death or, is, or is it like, are, are, is there more going on there? Because like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like it, it must be, it must be a result of, of that, that experience. Because like I, I every time I've ever had that, I've ever come close to that, like feeling or thought of ego death within a within a psychedelic experience that's also the times where i come out of it on the other end where i feel so much more able to like 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 my my vessel for 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 mm. for 
giving and receiving love, like the capacity has just fucking expanded mm-hmm. so greatly. Um, but it never seems to come unless that there is like that part of that ego death that, you know, like kind of crossing that territory. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of like, just like speaking out what's, what's coming through my mind, but. Well, I think that, I think that t- like zooming in, zooming in on ego death, is is like the thing to do to figure that out and i think it's different for everybody right mm. when we talk about ego death we're we're talking about a very individual experience and some people some people's egos are like this big hairy scare monster that wants to protect them from what they think is something that they could stand to lose mm. so it's like if you're i guess i guess if your ego is predominantly fear based then then yes, that, that can dissolve and that can go away. Or you can reframe what fe- what fear is, or you can, mm. you can look at it again, like this idea. So I used to express myself using anger quite a bit. Like my mom was that way. I, I learned that way. I had to really like talk myself down and through that. And I think one of the best things I ever, I ever came across that helped me with my anger was this, this, book it was written by a buddhist monk i can't remember his name but it was called anger and he says stop trying to kill your anger learn how to put it on a leash it is trying to protect you so so picture it as this thing so i picture it as this dragon that lived in my rib cage and whenever i would feel offended or scared or sad i could i would picture it starting to like crawl up my throat and it like wanted to come out and it wanted to spread its wings and it wanted to protect me so i was behind it And when I started picturing it that way, I was able to say, we're safe. It's okay. You can go back to sleep. And I was self-soothing, even though it felt like I was doing it to this, this personification or animorphication. I don't know what you say when you turn something into an animal, but you know, I had made my anger into a dragon. I made it into something tangible that I could talk to and that I could almost like picture. And maybe the ego death is like, standing outside of your ego, like being able to take a step away from it and actually look at it like a thing that you can then talk to and have a conversation with and be like, what do we have to lose? What are we so afraid Mm. of? Mm -hmm. I can just imagine a listener who already earlier in this conversation was like, Oh God, I don't want to burn my life to the ground. (laughs) And now is like, okay, maybe I'm going to ask my partner for an open relationship. Maybe I'll see if they want to do it on drugs. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah it's a great I mean, evolution. A hundred percent. We should I'm have a checklist that goes out with this episode. <laughs> I, I Did you burn it. your life to the ground? <laughs> Did you do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, that, uh, go ahead, Brad. In, in a pra- actually though, actually practically from, you know, practically going from going from someone hearing that and feeling these feelings and like feeling like a waking up, and a, a curiosity and a wanting to try me like, okay, I, this is going to sound like totally left field to my partner. Um, but yeah. I think I need it. Mm. Like, I think I need to have a transcendent sexual relationship. And I think like maybe we don't have to lose our relationship. Like maybe we can open it. it are there any, any, like helpful, um, I don't know, conversation starters that y- you would recommend to someone being like, look, I really want to do this, but I don't, the fucking scariest part of it is asking, is to bringing it up to my partner. Hmm. 
we get asked that a lot. We do get asked that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel I feel like you two are are the experts in this, or or like as much as you know that word could be thrown around. You 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 are in your evolution. Uh, for for me and like where I'm at with my journey, it really was a matter of friendship. We we like really really saw each other as as friends, and so it's like. And we're both Gemini, so all of our personalities get along in their little sandbox. <laughs> but when we approach that, <laughs> when we approach that particular conversation, we weren't like Chris and Nicole lovers. We weren't the Chris and Nicole strategists. We were Chris and Nicole best friends. Let's have a conversation as best friends about what kind of life we envision for each other. Because when I think when you're in that partnership it's not about leaving that person. It's almost like we pictured it like going out into the world and gaining all these stories that we could then come back and be excited about. Like, he's my best friend. When I go do something, I want to come home and I want to excitedly tell him about it. So changing this idea of it being like, oh, this is so scary, which definitely, it definitely is because you're just, you're releasing this person. And it's like, but what if they leave me? Well, they could have left you had you not decided to do this, but allowing somebody to be their full true selves, I feel only makes them love you more. Sorry, that was a bit loud. It feels like it only makes them love you more because they almost look at you like, thank you for allowing me to do this. I know it's scary for you, but like, thank you for allowing me to be me. I love that. I really needed to hear all of this right now. Like, I'm just like, this is uh this is like this quarantine shit is ha- is taking a fucking toll. It's taking a toll on me. It's taking a toll on me in my in my relationships. Like it's taking a toll on me in my ability to 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 like to um to see the world through the lens that I want to see it through. You know, and like what you just said right there, like looking at looking at your relationship in the way you would want to look at it if you, you know, as as a best friend, because like Mm -hmm. that's what that's what you fucking should be with your partners. You know, like you should just you you should always want that between you and your partner to not only be, you know, romantically involved, but also be to be best friends with each other. Like that's what you know, that's what a good partnership is. Yeah, because and, you guys uh, would be giddy and excited with them, right? It's yeah. not this big relationship talk. It's like, okay, yeah. we're we're best friends right now. Let's hang out. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And you approach those conversations differently than when you're like, we need to talk about my desires for an mm-hmm. open relationship. I love I wish listeners could have just seen you put on like like a lawyer face. Like a concerned yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm um, concerned. <laughs> yeah. uh, what would I, you say? What would you say to people like, like, and and maybe maybe not to direct this at you, Bridie, but like, um, what would you say to people who, who? So, I have a, a history with psychedelics that has been really wonderful, and every time I've I've taken that like, every time I've taken that journey. It's, I've always come out the other end feeling so thankful, so grateful for that opportunity, that experience, like, you know, like again, refreshed, renewed, fucking just stoked on, 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 a, on being a being. <laughs> and, and I've met, there's so many people in my life who, 
are really hesitant to try that experience. You know, like we, we've, we've, we have all grown up. We, we all, I mean, uh, speaking for the three of us, like we are of the generation of like, of like, you know, don't you put it in your mouth. Like drugs are bad. Um, you know, dare, dare to say no to drugs or whatever, whatever that, uh, that whole like dare thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like, what would you say to people who, who maybe have like a, the inkling of wanting to like take that step to, to experience what psychedelics have to offer to us, um, to grow as a human yet are still like, still there's a lot of fear surrounding like the experience of like, ah, but what if I fucking lose my mind? Or like, what if I, what if I have a bad trip? I like the way that you experience, you explain bad trip more so being like a necessary trip because like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I truly don't think there's any such thing as a bad trip. You know, I think that there's, there's uncomfortable situations that might, that might arise, but like you are going to come out the other end, a a better human because of it. Mm -hmm. That's a very general statement. Obviously there's like some people that maybe shouldn't, shouldn't indulge in psychedelics for, you know, mental health reasons. But um, what would you say to the people that like, that might be a little hesitant to like take that step? Well, first of all, you can't, you, you really can't convince anybody to do no. anything. I, I just, I just don't think that's a, that's a real thing. Um, the best thing we can do is talk about our own experiences. The other thing we can do is continue to say that like, there is no bad trip. There are necessary truths. And also they don't have to just go balls deep the first time, you know, they don't, they don't have to jump off into the big, you know, LSD pool or anything like that. They can Mm. try microdosing psilocybin, magic mushrooms. I think that's a really, really nice entry point. Some people have described, you know, microdosing as a really good day. It's just a really good day. And Mm. often when I microdose, I don't really notice but I'm just in a better mood. It's not like there's this big shift, like you cross through some sort of threshold and now you're high. Mm. It's like microdosing allows you to just kind of go about your regular day and just feel good. Uh, The other thing is research. We're so lucky that we're in a time where all of this research is coming out, where whether you want to go, you know, straight medical, scientific, whether you want to look at the brain, whether you want to look at from a spiritual perspective or whether or not you want to just read anecdotes from people who have, who have had a variety of experiences, it's all there for you to access. So if someone truly doesn't want to do it, it's because they want to remain ignorant to it. And then that's, that's their work to do. And it's just like, not everyone's, not everyone's going to be down for it. And some people will have strange reasons for not wanting to do it, which have nothing to do with fear. Maybe they've convinced themselves in their mind that, it's just, it's just not for them and that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would say do, do some research, um, have candid conversations with people and be open to hearing their experiences. And if you do want to try something, don't scare yourself by jumping off the ledge, try something like microdosing. Mm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a reluctant user and I, I think it's, it's, Oh, it's because I think more it probably comes from a shame place because I, I think I've had some really great experiences on mushrooms mm-hmm. and on MDMA and I'm a frequent like cannabis user, 
But there is, and I've been just investigating this recently, there's just like been so much deep diving over the last 10 weeks um, about like uh, uh, beliefs, like old, old beliefs and spending a lot of time with my parents and uh, seeing, seeing a lot of my, it's been a big mirror for me. Um, But like almost this, like, there's like, even when I've had a good experience, and I, maybe I'm just worried that this is what it will feel like because I do I do feel this occasionally that like if I have a good experience I can I can find a way to discount it later because mm. I was under the influence and like that more so with cannabis than anything but that was also something that I um that I I use like almost daily so mm. but that just like hearing you speak is is kind of like. reminding me or waking me up to this this maybe this old like like why would I even choose to believe that if I'm if I'm a daily um, cannabis user why would I choose Mm. to believe that and it invalidates Mm. my experience because yeah it elevates your experience of being human I mean we drink coffee in the morning so we can elevate our mornings it's you know it's Mm. I I know that's I know that's a, a very wide comparison but at the same time it's like we drink alcohol at night to celebrate or to mourn. It doesn't, it doesn't discount the experience mm-hmm. that we had because we chose to imbibe. It does. It, 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 it's complimentary. It's also, I think it's part of the man being human is fucking hard. Existing is anguish. So having an opportunity to transcend and to, mm. to feel differently and to feel enlightened in the sense where you come back to yourself and now you get to do the work. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just personally, I don't know why anybody would deny themselves that an opportunity to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. I love that because I love going in. I love, I love that existence is excruciating and that you can, what you just said about, about like transcending it for a minute, feeling, feeling, Fuck! What was what was that little light bulb that just like sparked and then <laughs> flew away for me? Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to come back and do the work afterwards. Oh yeah! Like mm. if it's <laughs> anguish anyway, your effort might as well be worth mm. improving yourself as becoming. You know, like if yes. you're just going to be fucking sitting around and stewing about something anyway, mm. it might as well be your own the your own work to do. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in what you think every everyone else should be doing. <laughs> this is true. Uh, have yeah. you read Untamed? Oh, you're like the third person that's recommended <laughs> that to me in the last few days. Okay, well, I need I, to go get it. I, I'd just be curious to hear your your perception on it because it's it's a you know she's like decidedly sober. Like uh, that was a big part of her becoming was like mm-hmm. she had used drugs and alcohol throughout her twenties to not to basically, as she puts it, numb her her ache, her knowing, her that that like voice that said like things got to change or you know this, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were all all kinds of reasons to numb that. Whether it's just because we're told that we can't even trust that voice anyway, mm-hmm. so don't listen to it. Um, you might end up burning your life down. Um, but yeah, so read it and then I'd love to, I'd love to hear what, what you think of, of that perspective too. Cause so that's, mm-hmm. so I read it and now that's in my head and now like my own lifelong struggle and shame with like imbibing is going, mm, well, this person, 
that was their thing that that mm. they felt and not that I'm not on my path to becoming and not that I need to do what somebody else does but it really as much of a powerful read it is it's kind of it's kind of reinforcing some things uh, that I've been like shooting myself for and like it's kind of also enabling me to beat myself up about things Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Do you, do you like that? I, I I identify a bit as a mind masochist, and I don't know if you can relate to me, but sometimes I actually put like deny myself things or put myself through mental anguish, like inducing stress or taking on too much or being kind of hard on myself because I actually like the feeling of trying to grow through struggle, but. I'm realizing like it that's not nece- it's not necessary. Like like growth doesn't have to be through cement. I mm. that resonates so much. That resonates so much and on like t- my partner t- Todd said to me yesterday or a couple of days ago is you can make anything a job. You can make anything a burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can make anything work. Um and not work like in like, oh, it's working out. Like you, I, and I feel that like working against myself so much of the time in my day to day life. Am I just like, I don't know what it is, whether it's self-sabotage. It's, it's just another form of self-sabotage. It's an insidious form of self-sabotage because it's like, I don't know, for, for me personally, it's like, if I'm not struggling, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So I've associated struggle with progress. Um, I just don't necessarily think that's true. And I don't think that so and then in terms of psychedelics, I don't think that using an aid like that that's been given to us that works so well with our bodies and our minds takes away from the experience because the work is what's necessary when you come out of that. You can you can drink your face off and do a bunch of drugs and never learn a fucking thing. Because unless you come back with the lessons that were trying to present themselves to you and actually do something about it, then you fall into this perpetual state of just numbing yourself. Mm-hmm. She talks about this in the book as well. And it occurred to me today because she's talking a lot about she talks. She's it's a feminist uh, perspective of like, why, why, like, who are you before society told you like you had to be these specific things to be accepted, loved, worthy, etc. Um, mm-hmm. And. I was, you know, I've been, so I'm mulling this stuff over and I was, I went again, spending a lot of time with my parents, but also, um, you know, with my stepmother, um, and her mother who, who, who's Mm. like houses I'm, I'm literally digging through right now. And like the hoard, the hoarding of, of papers over time and like idle hands make (laughs) the devil's work, you know, just like stuff everywhere. And I'm, and I'm going, Oh, the, the pride, because I was, you know, I grew up with my stepmom and my, and my grandmother as my primary figures of womanhood. And it was martyrdom and suffering Mm -hmm. and self-sabotaging and denial of pleasure. And like, like not that I didn't know that before, but mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that's it's in there. You know, it's it's like probably something I need to acknowledge every single day if I'm going to break out outside of of this. Such a trippy trip being a human being. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, a it lot. Really is. It's a lot all at once. <laughs> and and then it, it gets taken way too seriously by me. Like, you know, like there's just too much weight on it all. Mm, it's like, you know what? Mm. 
I've cried so many times in the last couple of days at like the beauty that we all just exist. I don't know what's going on mm. in week 10 of all of this, but there's a lot of we're slowing down. I mean, I mean, I have, I have my theories about COVID kind of being like a, like a recalibration of, uh, you know, feminine energy. So I don't know. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. It's a long one, but, um, I think, I think what's happening right now is, is, a really good opportunity for a lot of us to, to, to be with ourselves. It's most certainly a recalibration of many, many different things that yeah. we're, and we're, we're, we're slowly coming to the realization, I think, or at least a lot of us are, um, that it, that it, you know, maybe, maybe, a, maybe, maybe a very much needed recalibration. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, in def- many ways, can you define what you mean by that, by that? Just, just the feminine, like, for those, for people at home, who are like, oh, if fem, you know, the feminine energy is a thing mm-hmm. in in females. Like, no, how is what is the f- feminine presence in, with regards to like this whole system we live in? So it's interesting. I'm actually working on an article right now about about something along these lines, psychedelics as it pertains to uh, gender identity. And one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm trying to research and, and really get down is feminine and masculine energy, um, because there's a lot of different ideas of what that actually means, that feminine energy is for females and masculine energy is for men. But that's 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 not true. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm well versed enough to actually explain what it is. But through my personal experiences and how I've come to know it is that. Feminine energy tends to be the the receiver, the like moving slowly, experiencing pleasure, uh, where the masculine energy, and when I feel like I'm embodying more masculine energy, I feel more pragmatic and kind of goal-oriented and a little bit more like driven or direct. And I feel these two shifting energies in me. And so I guess the words that we're using are masculine and feminine energy. But for me, it's like, comparing what how we were living before to comparing where we're at right now where we the pandemic has literally forced us all to slow down and the amount of self-awareness creativity uh pleasure and and like deep important needed conversations that are coming out of this wouldn't have happened if we were still living the way we were before which i guess you could explain as like a more more masculine society which was like get shit done all the time Beautiful. But mm-hmm. article coming soon. Beautiful, beautiful. Are you uh, looking at, uh, are you reading any resources like David Data's resources on? Oh, is uh, he wrote The Way of a Superior Man. One of the best books I've ever read. I recommend it to every man in my life who I'm with intimately. But um, I haven't, no, I actually, I haven't, read, haven't it. read it. No, uh, Todd did. And I just mm. ordered Dear Lover. Okay. Which is that his is, new one? No, it's his, it's, it's addressed to the feminine whereas the way of the superior man is is addressed to the the masculine right which when he wrote it was more like like it's gendered language in a way but he has got this big beautiful preface um Mm. hoping i think to sort of help people see what you just basically Mm. described in Mm -hmm. in a small paragraph that uh that their their energies always at play Mm -hmm. in all of us and in the world and um yes yeah Cool. Thank you. 
Nicole, where can people keep up with all the fucking awesomeness that is you and your life? Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think Instagram is probably one of the best spots. So at the orgasm book, at girls who say fuck, at men who take baths, and at Nicole double L. So it's N I C O L L E, the word double, and then another L. Um, girls who say fuck.com and the orgasm book.com. Those are, those are kind of like my, my main places right now. Um, and, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, 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 can, can people buy the, a copy of the book now? Yeah. Is, yeah. So yeah, I was going to, I was going to say that. Um, so the, uh, the, the book is listed on the orgasm book.com and, uh, any interview that I'm doing over the next little while, uh, if anybody wants, if anyone hears this and they use the code Volva 15, uh, they'll get a discount at checkout for the book. Sweet. And, uh, and just check the show notes here on that. Uh, so if you forget for some reason, you can refer back to that and, and use that. That's awesome. Um, Nicole, it's always <laughs> such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> for uh, me too. And, just and, so and, you know, it's not I just, know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to just come out and say, I can't, talk when like I I'm a babbling idiot when we talk to you so I'm glad that <laughs> Bridie I'm glad that at least every time you opened your mouth you could form a fucking <laughs> sentence and I was going yes this makes us a lot of sense every time I was speaking I'm like shut the fuck up <laughs> so so anyway uh thank you for thank for, you. for taking the time out of your day-to-day to to talk to us because it's always a pleasure and uh I'm sure this won't be the last time that you'll be on the show um, no. and go, go check out the book. It's, it honestly is like such a delight. And again, like Nicole had mentioned earlier, it's not, it's, it's for all ages, all genders, all, all people. It's for fucking humans. Like it's, it's the, it's the dumbest thing ever. When you think of like, Hey, who's your target demo audience? They always say you need to have a demo. This really, there is no demo. It's like there it's, it's as broad as can be, which is really exciting. So, uh, go check out the book. And uh, yeah, just fucking always, always a pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, uh, and thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back next week as we always are. And in the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, uh, give us a follow over on Spotify, head to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. And uh, if you want to support us in another way, you can always go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Absolutely. You can reach out to us on our website, turnmeonpodcast.com or through our Gmail, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com or of course slide into our DMs over on Instagram at turnmeonpodcast. I think that's it, baby. That's it. That's all. That's it for this week. (laughs) Okay. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.